previously on D&D Kinda. Yes! We could work together to get the Vitality Crystal. This is what grants the High Elves their everlasting life. There must be a way to tap into its power. This is a huge, beautiful, glowing purple rock. And he takes out a dagger and just stabs right in the side of it. And the room starts to shake. There is a light that shoots out and the crystal explodes. There is another half-orc. And he says, I am sure Francis told you of the demigoddess Selen that slew Baal in the final battle of the last age. The child of this dwarven woman that died was the last of her blood. We tried for days to revive the child, but it was too broken. But this woman we may be able to bring back and prevent a seal from being broken. The body of this dwarven woman could prevent Baal from returning. Lokar stood, staring at Hamilton. His eyes were wreathed in flame, and then Lokar spoke. You thought you could trick me? You thought you could summon and channel my power? (laughs) Benedict, seeing his brother in danger, screamed at the top of his lungs, running towards Lokar, and there was a flash of light. Hamilton saw his brother, Benedict, wreathed in flame, his clothes burning, his skin boiling, and Benedict's seared scimitar clattered to the ground. Hamilton stood, silent, as a final breath of air left his brother's charred remains. All right, I immediately get up and run and jump on top of Lokar and put my scimitar to his neck. What do you mean when you said Hamilton did this? Do you intervene here? Do you say anything, Hamilton? Or do you... Because Lokar is kind of incapacitated. He's has a, a small knife sticking out of his eye. Um, he's got a mouthful of inky dirt bag. He's got a scimitar to his neck. Yeah, like he's... Struggling. He's down to the count at the moment, so... Yeah, yeah, I am going to intervene here. Go for it. Tofar. Perhaps we could maybe get out of here somewhere that it's a little bit more safe and I can explain everything to you then. I want answers now. Fair enough. What he says is true. Or at least I think it is. I honestly don't know. What happened? I tried to make a pact with Baal to kill Lokar and save us. You tried to make a pact with the god we're trying to defeat? Yes. Why? For selfish reasons? Uh, to kill your father? Why would you do that? You've gotten time, your brother killed. At the time, I didn't see any other options. You're a very narrow-minded gnome. We, we might be here because of you, Hamilton, but we must proceed forward together. I agree. But this should not have happened. None of this should have happened. 
I'm not going to disagree with you, but I think we should continue this conversation later. Well, what do we do with Lokar? So as you guys are having this conversation, uh, kind of in the background during the middle of that, um, Francis had scrambled over to this water skin that Bartholomew had thrown, and she kind of pops it open, and she, not necessarily knowing what's inside of it, she takes a, a swig of the water, and she becomes just... Um, she kind of guzzles down the rest of what's in there. I'd imagine there's enough for like just one solid swig, and she just becomes extremely... Um, like her adrenaline just shot through the roof and she turns back around and while you guys are in the middle of this conversation Lokar comes like flying out from beneath you and your scimitar or I should say uh, Benedict's scimitar was at his neck and it like as he like slides out the scimitar like kind of cuts him all the way down and she has Lokar suspended over top of the throne very similarly to how she had him before and she begins to talk to Lokar and Lokar is like writhing trying to get out of this and you can tell there's a lot more going on between the two of them than what you could tell it's almost like a a mental battle versus magics or mental over magic battle going on here Um, and she looks up and says all of this Everything that you've done, look where it has landed you. Look what you have done. Our son lies dead on the ground. What have you accomplished from this? And Lokar is like just struggling to breathe. As you can tell, the color is like draining from his face and Francis is just sucking the life out of him. Like he, she has no intentions of letting him answer this question. Regardless, like, just like, I mean, as a disciple of life, one, two, we don't have answers quite yet. I don't want to let this happen. Like, I don't want her to kill him yet. So I want to go and try to get her to let him down. Do you, like, take a step forward? or how Yeah, do you- I, I kind of walk in between her and Lokar and uh, say, Francis, we need, we need answers before I, anything. I, I don't think that we should kill him quite yet. We, I, I need answers. Francis throws Lokar up against the over top of the doorway to which the goblins had come out of, and he's kind of pinned up against the wall. And she is like slowly walking over towards, towards him. And he turn, she turns around and looks at you all and says, "You will have to get your answers another day." And you see her like fling her hand around, and the floor disappears out from underneath all of you and all of you fall into the sandy pit of the room in which you were teleported to this plane of existence and it closes behind her. So she's there with Lokar yep. and we're not. Yep. She just teleported us back. And you you are all in the room with as you come into this room, Scar and Thrak and Chrysalix and Benedict's body all fall into the sand here. What about is Hamilton there? Uh, yeah, Hamilton's here too. All of you guys fall through and Francis and Lokar are left so alone. My eyes peer around the room and I see Hamilton and I go and grab Hamilton by the throat and pick him up 
I want answers now. So Thrak and Scar are confused. Oh, I figured so, like, they, they don't know what's going on Yeah, at all. you guys, like, hit the ground, and then you, like, you immediately just, like, run towards Hamilton and, like, pick him up, and there is just a tension in this room that is just palpable. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of imagining, like, as you do this, Chrysalix kind of walks over to you and just, like, grabs you and is, like, trying to pull you back. Mm-hmm. And I'm, not, I'm he's, not letting go of Hamilton. I want answers. So, like, I know I, I, I don't. I've had visions of Chrysalix from my past, but I'm still like, he's he, he doesn't weigh enough on me, like, as a person to really get me to stop anything right now, especially in this kind of rage that I'm in. No, I mean, that's so that's fair. Yeah. Um, I kind of just, you know, so you're you're questioning like him, off. and then you see Thrak and uh, Scar like surround Chrysalix, and since you're like right there with them, they're Thrak says, Where's Francis? Francis was with you. Where? She was there. You were. Where is she? Where is? Where is Francis? She is killing Lokar. She sent us back. You couldn't have brought her with you. Why? She did Why? this. She did this to us. And Something happened, and she. We were all together. And now we're here. We do not need to provide you answers. We need answers for our own. So, what's next action here? I'm still like. And just do everything that's going through my head. Like, I'm one, I'm mad because I still don't have answers as to how Hamilton let this happen and how Benedict died and what the process was behind getting to that point. And it's still, even though it's been a while since Thrak and Scar sent us in here where I didn't want to go and I tried to not do that. I'm still, I'm just, I'm mad at them too. Like, I don't really, you know, like, I'm just all around at everything. You just feel like, Topher just feels like completely disconnected from everything. Yeah, yeah, I just don't, I don't know what's going on. I've never been in a situation like this um, that I can remember. I've never really watched somebody that was, you know, semi-close to me die, for one. Um, And all the warnings that I tried to throw out there before we even got sucked into the portal to get there. And it all, it is all led to this. So I'm still mad at Thrak and Scar, but I'm really, I really want to know what's going on from Hamilton. So. Okay. So you have Hamilton kind of pinned up against the wall. Um, Chrysalix is, he's, I'd say he still has his hand on your shoulder, but he's conversing with Scar and Thrak. Um, especially after what Bartholomew just said, everyone, I think everyone kind of has a different take on exactly what's going on. So, um, just for the sake of, uh, everyone's understanding. So, and I guess a little bit of recollection, you guys had said that you wanted to go to Lokar when you're in the room. Thrak sent you there to where he, he was. So I know that that wasn't necessarily the avenue, that where you guys had, had said, but they were more focused on getting Francis than they were about what you guys... And our well-being. Right. And they wanted to use us to get Francis, and that's part of the reason why I'm pissed at them. And you have every right to feel that way, but from my perspective, I would imagine that they are... They probably feel very justified in their actions yeah. because they don't know you guys. They're taking Francis's word on it, and without her there, 
to kind of guide you guys. He's kind of going off of Scar's word of Francis's word. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because Thrak has really no, um, he has no real investment in you guys. Yeah. Other than second or third hand at that. So well, throughout my whole like, from what I can remember, and this is the reason behind why I feel this way, I've never really been that close with anybody that I could remember, and this group of people that I've been with these three people you know and then something like this happens like yeah I know Francis is the one who really started us on this journey but you know she hasn't been around much and these I've grown with these four and something happened to one of them and it was a direct effect of what Scar and Thrak did so that's why um, no I know I get that from you I'm just more kind of explaining it from like if you were to play through the whole story with Thrak well, and Scar yeah. and Francis it, yeah. that's why they took the that's act why it wasn't did. just random that's kind of why they act in the way they act it wasn't malicious in nature is what I, I guess I'm it's trying to th- it's it not there. malicious but they didn't have our best interests whenever they did it they, they were to me they used us because I don't know them and I'm not really close with Francis so they used us to get to Francis which kind of pisses me off yeah and so. one of your friends died because exactly. of it you know yeah. so um, Topher did because I have something that's I can introduce, but I don't know if like the Topher Hamilton back and forth well, I don't had know. anything he, he had anything else to to say. Hamilton hasn't said anything yet. I haven't had a chance. Do you have something you want to say? Maybe if you could just set me down, we could talk about this. I kind of like lower him down, back down to the ground. Okay. Topher, listen. I I understand that you're upset and that you're confused. This, it wasn't what you wanted to do. And I know that, that I messed up. We should never have gone. And I made the wrong choice. I truly didn't see any other option. It seems to me that it was a selfish choice. You were thinking in your own interests and nobody else's. And look where it has us. How, how Francis, long was I gone? How long was I out of that room? An instant. Lokar showed me things. What did he show you? That the old gods, the other gods that they may as well be dead and that Baal is growing stronger and stronger. He was trying to get me to join him. So you joined Baal instead? A greater evil? I thought that maybe if I could get Baal's help and and kill Lokar, then... I don't know. I was I was going to deal with it later on with you. I, I, I don't know. Well, look at where it got your brother. He's gone. And for what? We're in the same spot we were before we even went in there. Francis is still gone. Lokar is still alive. And we're back here. We haven't progressed at all. The only thing that's changed is your brother. He's gone. And now Ball knows about us. Yes. If he didn't already. He definitely knows. 
I don't think it was some kind of trick. I think Ball really manifested himself through your father. This is not good. And I turn to Scar and Thrak and Scar, Thrak, that spell you were working on with the dwarven woman trying to bring her back to life, have you had any progress with that? And if so, is there anything you could do for Benedict? So, um, Scar speaks up and says, nothing, we have found nothing. There has been no movement. She is, she is but a rotting corpse at this point. It's, it's fruitless. Without Francis here to guide us, we have, we have no way to do this. This is not Thrak's expertise or neither is it mine. Um, and while you guys are having this conversation, Chrysalix is standing over uh, the body of the Dwarven woman. And and you, he kind of overhears you guys talking about this. And he turns back around and he says, who is, who is this on this table? And then Thrax speaks up and says, this is the last blood of the the demigoddess Selen. The first seal that was broken. We thought maybe if we could find a way to bring her back, maybe this the seal would remend or it would stop Ball in some way, or Selen could remanifest herself and and help. But we don't we don't know. It, it was a we are so woefully lost. And we have suffered more casualties and been put back more than it has helped. And Chrysalix is kind of processing. And he kind of turns around and he looks at this. I mean, it, it's pretty gnarly. It's, it's relatively disgusting with this pile of Benedict's body that's just in the sand. And very just barely shaped in some tor- type of humanoid shape. I look like buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> <laughs> Burnt buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. Um, and he says, I I may have something that can help. I don't know if if it, if it will be of any help. I don't know the implications. I don't know the magics at play here, but this might help. And you see him reach behind his neck with both hands and he unclasps something and he pulls off his necklace and Hamilton, you flash back to where you were in the elven village and the elf named Christian. You saw him slip the small fragment of the vitality crystal that he had just, you and him had busted apart and put it in this pendant and you immediately recognized it. And... Hamilton, you come to the realization that this person from your past was Chrysalix. Yeah. I would imagine that sparked something for you as there's some type of magic called the Vitality Crystal that had something to do with breathing life into things, and it's just a very small piece of this, and Chrysalix is standing in the dirt, and he's standing looking at Benedict, 
And he turns around and looks at the dwarven woman laying on the table. And he says, I am more than willing to give this up, but it would have to be me that uses it. And I don't know if it would, we'd be able to use it more than once. Reviving Benedict, although very important, how important is this dwarven woman to you all? The last blood of the demigoddess could be used to potentially reform a seal. Potentially. We don't know if it will work. So you could waste it on her, but I'm not saying that you should use it on either. And I, I don't want to question your loyalty to your brother as he seemed a great asset to your group, but by bringing him back to life, is there any implications against the seals or not? I'm very hesitant as to, as to what to do. I've, I have no sense of guidance. You could use it to bring her back but we don't know if it would remend the seal. But I do know that Benedict plays a big part in us protecting the other seals. So to me, it's more important to bring him back than to hopefully remend a seal. Because we don't know if it'll work. It could, but it also could not. But what use is she to us if she cannot remend the seal if she's alive? So when you say this, Scar speaks up and says, but with with the blood of the demigoddess, we could potentially summon them to help us. It like, is but a theory. As as is Benedict coming back to be helpful. I, 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 I'm not arguing that he should be not be brought back. I, I would love for your, your friend to be brought back, but we have to think bigger picture here. If we have the chance to bring a goddess into our circle and reform a seal that would have to be rebroken for Baal to make his entry into this world, why why wouldn't we at least consider this as an option? We must consider all options. But it's not up to me. I'm just forcing my opinion on the matter. We must also consider Ball believes Benedict is dead. What impression would Ball have of the powers of good if we could easily bring one another back to life? He also believes that the last blood of the demigoddess Selen is dead because the seal has been broken. He knows that. He knows what seal was broken. So bringing them bringing either of them back would be a surprise to him. We are in a place with much research and much knowledge. Can we not use any of the information around us to make a more educated decision? Um, and at this, this is where Thrak has, he, he speaks up again. As, as Chris Lix has indicated, we don't, we don't even know if this will work. So keep that in mind. We don't know the magics that flow through this crystal and only Chrislix can use it, what what potential impacts would it have on him? We also don't know if he can only use it once. What if there's enough power for two people? What if we bring one back and there's enough power? Like, how, how can we tell? Chrislix speaks up and says, when I broke the crystal, it, it aged me. I know you can't tell as I'm 
I'm an elf, but... Hamilton, do you remember how it aged you? Your hair grew... to extreme lengths. Your... your skin aged some. Who's to say, if we use this again, that that might not happen to all of us? I just want to point out that Hamilton is still dumbfounded because he's realized who this is. Okay. What do we know about the last blood of the demigoddess? Bartholomew, do you remember the day we met the woman that slit her own throat on the stairs at the nobleman's keep? I do. She had a child. This is her. This is her. So is she the last blood or is the child? Uh, So Thrax speaks up and says, we brought both of their bodies back here. She was buried in the monastery, the graveyard monastery behind the keep, and we they were buried together. We brought both their bodies back here, but the body of the child was was too broken. The, theoretically, if we were to bring her back, based off the lore of the seal breaking due to the last the blood of the demigoddess Selen being spilt, and there being no offspring if we were to bring her back. This is pure conjecture. I don't believe that bringing her back would remend the seal. I don't believe, I feel like since it's already broken, her blood has been spilt. You can't bring the blood back from where it had been spilt. I don't believe that bringing her back would have any effect on that seal. My other concern is that she could have been infected by some evil. And if we heal her physical body, we are only reanimating the intention of whatever infected her. And what's to say that the child wasn't what broke the seal? If that was her child, then it was the last blood. And her body would have no effect on the seal breaking. So, um, Scar comes back in and he says, this is a much larger decision than we are giving it credit for. I, I am in complete agreement that it is, it is a risk. For if we bring this person back, we know nothing about her other than who she was. If we brought her back and it did not remend the seal that was broken, she could be potentially useless to us. Did she even know who she was? She could have been working for Ball and knew that she was a seal. And that's the reason I watched her slit her own throat. She killed herself. So why bring back somebody who wanted to die as opposed to somebody who wanted to live? And for what reason did she kill herself? She, from what I can remember, she was distraught over the death of a child. Maybe she didn't know who she was. And maybe explaining it to her could could help that. It's a very good possibility, but there's so many different angles that could be taken here. There's, there's so many questions around her when we know what we get with Benedict. We know that he could help us keep the other seals from breaking and the potential to answer a couple of our questions with this woman. That, that's, if, if she does not mend a seal when we bring her back, all it is, all it is she is doing is answering questions for us. And that is useless. So, um... Thrak had walked back onto a table and he had grabbed uh, a book off of it and he had opened it up and he brings it back to Bartholinude and hands it to you. Um, 
and go ahead and make an intelligence check. 16. Okay, so you kind of oh, look down. Shit. <laughs> you look down at this book and it's a it's a page and it is all about this demigoddess as you would just ask for information um, and what everyone knew about her. Ask and you shall. Um, so from what everyone knows, it is the demigoddess of the outcasts. And as you're reading this, it says that being as an outcast, she has and had the ability to see everyone for who they really were being false or misleading, who was wise, who was not. Um, this also granted, she granted people the ability to see through illusions and were immune to this type of behavior. So the people that she had blessed and the people that she had worked with had the ability to have a very, very clear mind at all times. Um, she wielded, uh, when she walked this earth, she was a beautiful female elf and she was in a shimmering white dress that never darkened or dampened or was soiled or was dirty, no matter her surroundings. Her weapon was a huge two-handed bastard sword and a bow. Um, she, she takes the form of, when she's not in her demigoddess form, she took the form of an outcast that would wander the streets and help those who were in need. Um, and it goes into explain the story of, or the final days of the last age, there was a huge battle that took place and she died as she had on the battlefield had brought all of her followers and everyone who could see ball for who he truly was and through all of his illusions. And that's why she was so important was the fact that for all the evil that brought ball had brought into the world, the deceptions that he had, everything that he had killing her was absolutely crucial to ensuring his success because with her in play and with her influence, she could ball could not influence people or trick them or lie to them as they were able to see through all of his illusions and his deceit. So killing her, although she did die and started, she formed the first seal that took away Ball's power and there was a, definitely a domino effect. You're getting the, the sense here. That's why she was so important in this was because due to her, the power that she brought to this earth, Ball was not able to deceive anyone into following him as long as she knew about it. So Bartholomew speaks up after reading this page and he voices his concerns about This page shows information about this demigoddess. Uh, the entire time we were being... It seems as though Ball was specifically flaunting a certain type of showmanship that I've seen in plays. It just rubs me the wrong way that all of this happened so quickly. And with such effortless grace... The situation spiraled out of control. And now we see that some goddess who can see through that, who can tell that this form of manipulation that we may be subject to, if it is manipulation or not, it makes a very good case against reviving Benedict or not. So you say this and there is a flash of light and a portal springs open and Lokar comes flying through it. 
and smashes against the pillar in this room and falls unconscious in the dirt. And then Francis steps through the portal back into the room. And the portal closes behind her. So, um, Lokar is unconscious, and then you see, like, um, Scar and Thrak, like, grab, like, some chains, and they, like, wrap up Lokar, and they, like, pin him to this pillar. And then Francis kind of, like, falls to her knees, as you can see, like, there's, like, a red tinge to her skin that, like, slowly starts to wear off. Um, and you guys make the assumption that she no longer has this blood or this like water like flowing through her system um and she just is exhausted and just kind of like takes a nap yeah she just kind of collapses in the dirt and then she kind of falls over next to um kind of benedict's body and she's she's like sitting on the ground next to it and she she starts to cry and she like as she's like on her knees and she starts to to weep and then she says I never, I never got the chance to tell him I was his mother. The timing, it just, it just wasn't ever right. And now I will, I won't ever get that chance. He knew. Uh, she looks up at you and gives you like a, like a slight smile, like a, like an acknowledgement and like a, a thank you nod and just kind of hangs her head. So Chris like starts to walk over towards, um, towards Francis and she turns around and she then stands up and she looks at Chris and says, for saving me, for rescuing me. I thank you but I have not forgotten what you have done. And then she is like, she is in tears. And Chrysalix, he he looks as if whatever is going on between them, he is just accepting of it. Like he understands what he did. Like you don't see him like battling this. He holds out the necklace and says, please help us. I, I am sorry. I know you have every right to hate me, but I am I'm offering you all a choice here. I have this, and I don't know if it could help, but from the crystal that destroyed the forest and you, you see her and she just, she almost like scoffs at him whenever he says this and like turns back around towards Benedict's body and says I, I don't know if it would help but I know you all were trying to figure out what to do with the, the body of the dwarven woman and we were discussing what to do try to use this and breathe life back into your son or breathe life into someone who could potentially help stop Ball and we don't know and I'm gonna kind of say that everyone kind of takes the time and Thrak and Scar take the time to catch her up on the conversation up to this point and all the points that have been made um, so she's just as informed as you all are um, and she stands up and she kind of swallows like a lump in her throat and she says if it would even work 
My son's life is too important. I can't help but feel he's, he's more connected to this than any of us think he is. That is why I found you all. The words I spoke to you in the tavern. You are all bound in blood for some reason. I feel that. You all have been traveling with each other for maybe a week. Do you guys not feel as connected as, as brothers? Sure, Hamilton, you, the connection you had with, with Benedict was strong, but Bartholomew and Topher, have you never questioned why you feel such, such a bond to each other? There is a reason you are all together. If it were solely my choice, my son should be brought back. She is right. So that kind of pushed you over the edge on that aspect. And Hamilton, do you have anything to say? Or are you kind of still just taking all this in? So Hamilton walks towards Francis. And all the while, he's, he's pointing at Chrysalix. And he says, I am fairly biased, I think, but I would like to have my brother back. I, I, who is that? How do you know him? Because I know him, and he seems to know things that no one should. So you, you know that Chrysalix had been there in Topher's early years. Well, yeah, and like that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is like I know because he told me stuff about Topher. I also think at that point, specifically when you are realizing that, you realize that this is the same individual. Yes. And you also know, I would say at that very moment, why he told me. Right. Willingly. Right. So like the connection you made that it was the same person, I would say that it probably just now hit you. Yeah. Like all the pieces are falling into place now. um, It probably just now hit him that when you charmed him, that charm had no effect and he willingly told you that information. Right. So now, not only, I would say that as Hamilton, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I would say that knowing that he wasn't under a charm and told you that, now you might even be calling the validity of that information into question. Yeah, I mean, not just that, but I'm also just questioning the fact that he was, you know, he, he was a part of my past that I, I, you know, that we crossed paths way back when in a fairly significant event. And then, you know, he's found us at this point and he seems to know quite a bit about what's going on. He knows Francis, like he knows the the situation with Ball and he knows things about Topher. Like he seems to know a lot more than what he was initially letting on and what I had initially thought. So all of these things falling into place, like I'm definitely a little bit suspicious of him at this point. Okay. Not 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 suspicious in the sense that I think that he is like doing anything maliciously, but just that he knows more than he's telling us. And I, I, I'm annoyed by this because we basically just walked into Lokar's trap. Benedict is dead. Like a seal has been broken. Like everything is kind of going wrong at this point, And I feel like he's holding back information. Okay. So you 
kind of walk towards Francis and point and say, who is this? Yeah, especially because Francis seems to have some ill feelings towards him over something. So so as you do this, uh, Chryslix is respectful of the fact that you had asked a question and doesn't try to speak up on his behalf or anything. And he just kind of lets Francis takes the, take the reins. And Francis doesn't even look at you. And she kind of can just tell that you're talking about Chryslix. And she says, He's a power-hungry imbecile. And that's all that she says. Do you say anything to that? Not necessarily. Uh, so we're not in the, the astral plane anymore. So I look at Chrysalix and I say out loud to Chrysalix and kind of just to her as well and whoever else is in the room, um, we need to have a conversation at some point. And then to Chrysalix and Francis telepathically, I, you know, just insinuate, like, I want to know what's going on with Topher. So you still can't communicate telepathically. All these abilities, your magic is gone. You have no magic whatsoever. Great. You are literally, you are no longer a warlock gnome. You are just a gnome at this moment. Honestly, I think at that point, I, I would be frustrated enough um, that I would probably... Uh, no, not probably. Um, so I, I say out loud, you know, that, that we need to have a conversation, and I, I make an attempt to communicate telepathically, and I realize that my powers are gone um, and that I can't do anything. Um, and Hamilton's extremely frustrated. Uh, and he, he turns to Topher... And Topher, I, I don't know if this is the right time. And I hope you can forgive me for, for hiding this from you. But, and I turned to Chrysalix, you need to tell him. Tell me, tell me what? Chrysalix actually like starts to talk, but Scar interrupts and says, we need to make a decision now. You need to be quiet. He kind of like squares up. He kind of gets in your face and says, there are bigger things at play here than your quarrels. We must decide what to do. Every second ball grows in power. And... We don't even know if this crystal will work, so calm down. Then why are we standing here? Let us find out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I don't know. You need to calm down. An anxious mind cannot make a rational decision. He says that, and Bartholomew interjects, and then um, Chris Lake's open, starts to talk, and he says, um, Topher... There are so many, so many things I need to tell you. And I, I have not been dishonest with you yet. I have intentionally withheld information for the time. And as he's talking, Thrak grabs the crystal out of Chrysalix's hand and raises it in the air and slams it down onto Benedict's body. And nothing happens. So, so nothing happens. Does the crystal shatter? The crystal is just embedded in this pile of ash and blood and 
guts. And that was Thrak that did that? It was Thrak, yep. So, Hamilton, um, go ahead and make an insight check for me. That's a seven. Okay. So, uh, you had, you saw this, and you don't necessarily recall anything. Um, Chris Lix turns around, and he sees this, and he he doesn't take any action as he sees it not work. And then what you do see is Thrak like slowly like stepping back, waiting for something to happen. And there is, there's nothing. And he is frustrated. He like turns around and like screams and like kicks the dirt. And he just sits down with his back to one of the pillars, I would say on the right side of the room and just kind of like sits his head between his legs like I'm really trying to set the vibe that there is literally nothing going right. Yeah. Nothing that is happening is is going right here. Now, Chrislix takes no action as he returns and is now facing facing you. And he starts to talk again and says I have I have not lied to you once. I have just intentionally withheld withheld information that I don't think you were ready to hear. And I understand that you might think that that information is yours and you should know it, but I shared it with Hamilton because the bond that he has with you, he has selfish intentions. I know that. I can see that clearly just by looking at him. But by him knowing this information, it will not benefit him at all. And he could have used that to protect you. There are powers at play, Topher, that you do not understand. And by you opening the door and letting your mind ingest those things, it could swallow you whole. I assure you, you do not want to know. The bond that we had, not have, there is no bond between us anymore. I understand trying to protect me but I feel like I deserve to know something of my past. I feel like you know something more about my past than anybody else. And I feel like I have the right to know about my family. I understand you wanting to protect me, but I'm not trying to figure out everything at once. Just something, a detail, anything that could so as as you're talking, Francis like walks by you and she looks at you and says, "Save your breath, Topher. He has nothing to say that matter to you." And she walks over to Benedict's body and grabs the pendant with the crystal on it and she kind of like hangs her head and just like sighs and it didn't it didn't work. And then she turns around and she's just so frustrated and she walks over to Lokar's body and just starts like kicking him and is just so frustrated and just wears herself out and she just like falls in in the dirt like crying. She, she still has the crystal? Uh, no, she left she it left there. She left there, okay. So um, at this, Chrysalix turns around and says, I want nothing more than to help. I I promise you all, I am not the bad guy here. I don't know what more I can do to prove it to you all. I've done nothing but be helpful. 
And then he leans over and he grabs the crystal. And there is a purple light that just blazes the room and blinds you all temporarily. Benedict, the wraith that you had seen came in front of you and there was a purple light that filled the air around you. As Ball had opened his mouth and began to completely engulf you, you begin to move backwards and you see his twisted, fire-ridden body reach out towards you as you were just sucked away and you move quickly through the clouds and it just slowly dissipates into like a speck of red dust and then there is fades to blackness and you hear a piercing sound and your ears are ringing and it slowly fades and Bartholomew, Topher, Hamilton, you guys are all standing in this room and this pile of dirt and ash begin to reform and Benedict, your body becomes whole again and as it reforms the ash breaks away and you're you have no scars you have no wounds you are completely whole your lungs refill with air and the ringing in your ear stops you have a renewed sense of vitality and you remember everything you remember seeing the face of ball and your soul being locked in the underworld and what all the things that were about to happen and it has it has changed you. You have seen the true face of the evil that is coming and you are brought back to life.